What's up, everyone? Welcome to another week of XFL Weekly, where we sit around and hang out and talk about all things XFL weekly. Uh, I am your co-host, Kyle Krajewski, joined by my other lovely co-host, Zach Cole. Zach, how are you today? I'm doing good, man. Uh, Another exciting week of XFL football in the books. We saw the toppling of a king. Uh, we saw uh, some some basement dwellers have some some high flying action. It was a it was a fun week. A lot to talk about. I think that was an excellent way to put it. That was beautiful. But before we get into all of that, uh, we are XFL Weekly. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at XFL underscore Weekly. If you are listening to us in podcast form, you can find us on YouTube. Watch our beautiful faces chat about XFL at XFL Weekly there, or if you're watching our beautiful faces, you can listen to just our beautiful voices. Uh, (laughs) Wherever you listen to podcasts at XFL Weekly, you'll find us around there. And then I post on TikTok once in a while uh, at XFL Weekly, (laughs) and and Zach Zach loves it every time I send him a TikTok idea, and he's like, let's do it. It's good stuff. I mean, it it just seems like every time, I I don't know whether it's just the XFL or whether it's sports in general, but any trend that's happening on TikTok just seems to translate seamlessly to something that's happening in the XFL. Yeah, I mean, all all we got to do is throw Pedro Pascal on uh, (laughs) anything XFL related and it works. But find us there, XFL Weekly, basically wherever you look for or search anything and we're there. Now, let's get into it. Uh, Some quick notes and news. Uh, John Trey Kirkland, sadly, wide receiver for the the Roughnecks, is unfortunately estimated to be out for the season with a chest injury. He was on pace for a fantastic receiving season. Uh, Currently, I mean, after missing most of last week's game, is now six in the receiving yards uh, with four receiving touchdowns. And he's going to be missed. I was really excited watching him play. He had some fantastic catches. Yeah. So. Yeah, it it was uh, upsetting to see him go down. Um, I mean, people were kind of starting to question whether or not he was the the most NFL-ready wide receiver in the XFL. It, it was all kind of going right for him. And that's not to say that this injury is going to completely uh, dash any of those hopes and dreams. Um, if anything, it just might push them back a little bit. I think this dude's special. And like you mentioned, Kyle, he's projected to be out for the rest of the season. Um, I don't really have all the details about his injury uh, outside of it just being a chest injury. So who, who knows? Maybe we'll see him around playoff time if, if all things go right. If not, you know what? Either there's always next season or he can come out for a practice squad in the NFL or something. This won't be the end of Kirkland. We'll see him again soon. Not at all. And I could picture that season-long injury kind of being a a very protective boundary or I guess protective limit where Absolutely. they're just saying season-long just because it's probably the safe end to stay out that long. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, next definitely, bit of, definitely. Next bit of news, QB for the Orlando Guardians. Uh, we talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago, uh, but Quentin Dormady was uh, – wrongfully accused of (laughs) sharing the team's playbook with opposing teams. Uh, And it was a week long process that was just all over the place. But basically it came out that he didn't, there was no wrongdoing and he was taken off the excluded list and he came back to play was activated and man, did he show up? Uh, The guardians unfortunately did not win because of his play. Uh, However, his play was certainly not the reason they lost. 
he <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think you're putting it lightly there, man. I, I he he threw the crap out of the ball. Um, to give you some sort of tune of what he did, he went 22 of 25 in this game for 256 yards. And if you're doing the mental math at home, that's an 88 percent completion rate, which is just absolutely absurd. Um, to to go a full football game at, at any level, uh, you know, even high school, and and throw 88 percent completion is just fantastic. So uh, it was cool to kind of see him get back on his feet a little bit and maybe give this Vipers team, I'm sorry, this Guardians team a little bit of stability. So we'll see. Yeah, and it was interesting to see that he didn't start the game. Paxton Lynch kind of went out there and had two two or three duds of a <laughs> first few drives, and so they were like, all right, Dormady, show us what you got, and he he showed it. The, the Guardians just seem to have the worst identity crisis right now. They don't know whether they want to, like, it, it, it's probably killing them because I think they see the upside in Francois. They see, you know, some of those rushing performances from Paxton Lynch, and then Dormady comes out here and lights it up passing the ball. Like, what what do you do? You know, like, it, it's, it's a, it almost feels like a lose, lose, lose for them. Um, and I guess their records kind of, kind of indicating that too, <laughs> except it's lose, 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 lose. If you, if you're keeping track. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the guardians are zero and five and you're right. I think it kind of has to do something with that, that identity crisis that they're kind of suffering. I think, I think once they kind of get it together and they decide what they're going to be, I think they'll start seeing a little more, uh, a little more positive results. It's so tough to go into the week and not know who's going to be leading your offense week in and week out. There's kind of a saying um, amongst football coaches, if you got more than one quarterback, you don't have any quarterbacks, you know? So until that guy steps up there, I, I think they're kind of going to be in this identity crisis situation. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's Dormady because he, he showed out mm -hmm. and I quite honestly think he deserves that, uh, that starting spot. Agreed. Agreed. So speaking of, last week zach let's do let's do a quick week five preview or recap let's run through say. it well we have another fun section coming up after this so we're we're going to keep this week short and brief um the thursday night game was uh one of the marquee matchups of the week it was nice and late on a thursday evening um it was between the roughnecks and they were up visiting the seattle sea dragons and the sea dragons pulled off the upset they won that game 21 to 14 over the roughnecks it was kind of kind of shocking amongst the XFL community. I mean, this is a team that's been nine and zero since twenty twenty, if you consider it that way. And they uh, tripped up and lost their first game here against the Sea Dragons. Now, the Sea Dragons kind of balled out too. I mean, their defense was just stellar in this game. Um, MVP and, of the game, in my yeah. I, I mean, blocking punts, turnovers, anything they needed, um, and, and it also kind of brought the Roughnecks back down to earth a little bit. I mean. Um, I know the Roughnecks have won a couple a couple games, but I mean they've beaten the Guardians. They've beaten let's see who else the Brahmas who are, who are twice. down towards the bot. Yeah, so are the Roughnecks for real? I mean that's kind of the question that's going to be determined here or, against some good competition or some better competition. They kind of came down to earth. So um, it was it was exciting to see the the Sea Dragons kind of pull off an upset and um, I think kind of legitimize themselves a little bit too in. Um, in the process of doing that. So, so that was the Thursday night game. What do you have to tell me about the, uh, the first Saturday game here? Oh, I just got to mention, uh, there were definitely some comments on our last video, uh, calling out that the, uh, the roughnecks were no playing nobodies. So <laughs> for us to be hyping them up that people were disgusted. Well, uh, and I know, think this game kind of knocked them down, knocked them down a peg and 
I guess, the XFL landscape. And I guess now we see who they truly are. So thank you for calling out that <laughs> they've been playing nobody. So thank you, listeners. Well, in in fairness, and I guess in, in rebuttal here, because I think that this is the week that I'm planting my flag as an official uh, Roughnecks fan. So there it is. Get at me, bros. Um, the uh, the Roughnecks have scored the most points and have given up the fewest points. Again, that could be a result of playing poor competition, but they're also they're a good team. You you can't completely delegitimize what they're doing um, be, just because they're playing poor competition. You know they can't help their schedule. And I think that the four and one indicates that they are still a pretty good team. All right. Speaking of favorite teams, I'm glad you were able to stake your flag into someone <laughs> and you had to wait for them to lose before jumping on a, a bandwagon. But DC defenders come out and take down the St. Louis Battlehawks in St. Louis, which I think is a, a feat in itself. But that was just all on all on the, I guess you should say the legs of one man because Abram Smith just dominated. He's, he's the, the story of this game. Abram Smith came out here running back for the defenders, ran for 218 rushing yards, uh, most rushing yards in a game this season by far. Uh, and more, I'm looking at the, the rushing leaders in the XFL, uh, other than Brian Hill and Morgan Ellison. Nobody even has 218 yards on the season. Uh, <laughs> so he ran more than all but two people in one game that have done. And it's, it's incredible. He had a huge game, yeah. uh, two long touchdowns. I think his first touchdown of the day, he had three. Uh, first touchdown was a 62-yard rush, and he just broke like four or five tackles, just brushed them off like nothing. <laughs> 62 yards and then that was the longest rush in the xfl this season comes back after a two-yard touchdown and runs for 70 yards uh comes out with a 70-yard rushing touchdown uh and just dominated so three touchdowns 218 yards just a monster of a game now yeah, it, that being said you go ahead i, I was just gonna say he this legitimized the defenders as being it kills me to say, but probably the best offense in the XFL. Um, and we talked about it last week until someone steps up and says, you cannot run the ball against us. They're going to continue to be the best offense because that's just their identity right now. And it, it's kind of one of those F you come and stop us mentalities. And and I love it. They're, they're playing, playing great football right now. They have almost twice as many rushing yards, the defenders as a whole. Almost twice as many rushing yards as the next team, uh, and that that's the the Sea Dragons with 449. Or actually, no, I'm sorry, it's not the Sea Dragons; it's the Battlehawks. But Battlehawks lost in this game. But I will say, Battlehawks may still be a, a top three team. Just because they lost to the best team does not mean that they're bad. Right? Battlehawks came in; they played a fantastic game on their own. They just could not stop Abram Smith. But man. Battlehawks, in my eyes, a top three team, and I think defenders are that number one. So the, the Battlehawks have also played a brutal schedule so far. I mean, they've had the defenders twice. They've played the Brahmas. They've played the um, looking at the schedule here. They're the Renegades, um, and who else am I missing? But regardless, they've they've played a really tough schedule. So even even with their current record of uh, three and two, they're I think better than that. 
for sure. I um, think so too. I mean, if your two losses are to the undefeated team, uh, <laughs> I, th- I think you kind of get a pass. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Merge that into one. You're three and one. <laughs> All right. So looking ahead to the next game, Kyle, um, we had the Guardians visiting the Vipers, uh, which we weren't really sure what we were going to see out of that game. It was either going to be super entertaining or a huge dud, and it was super entertaining. Um, the uh, The game did not disappoint. The Vipers came out victorious uh, to get their first win of the season at, at 35-32 final score. So for all of you who, who had the over on your bingo card um, for 65 total points, that was, that was a, a smash there. Um, in this game, it was uh, kind of a back-and-forth affair, and Dorm- Dormity, we talked about it already, um, balled out, absolutely balled out. Um, Cody Latimer had a beautiful touchdown straight down oh, yeah. the middle of the field. Um, he's kind of seeing a, a little bit of a comeback in the XFL, too, um, former NFL wide receiver. So there, there just really was – it was an interesting game. Luis Perez was solid for the Vipers, obviously leading them to the win. And um, – uh, I'm gonna pronounce his name wrong. Jeff Bedet um, also leads the league with with five touchdowns now, uh, which is which is pretty impressive as well. I mean, a former SEC prospect, you know, um, I, I feel like we don't mention his name enough. I, I know we've said it maybe once before, but he's I think he's solidifying his name in the in the ranks of the some of the best wide receivers in the league, um, up there with the Pearsons and the Kirklands of the of the XFL. For sure, yeah, I love me some Bedet. I think he. I think he's starting to emerge, uh, I mean, with Perez's kind of outstanding play as well. But I think these two are kind of in line and kind of gearing up for a great second half of the season. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, and this game, it was kind of cool to see that the the two teams got to shoot out a little bit. And, um, you know, it, it was good to see some offense for two teams that don't really have a lot of bright spots right now. Um, I, I still think the Vipers are a good chunk better than the guardians. Um, even though they're both in the, in the basement of the XFL right now. Um, but you know, that's the guardians are starting to figure it out. And like we talked about before, they need to come up with an identity. Yep. And then coming from a game that had nothing but offense, uh, straight into (laughs) a game that had nothing but defense where the Arlington renegades beat out the San Antonio Brahmas 12 to 10. Uh, we went into this game kind of expecting it to be a a defensive showdown. Uh, these are two of the best, uh, two of the best defenses, but also kind of two of the worst offenses. Uh, just kind of coming together and clashing. And uh, I'm not going to get too much into it because it was just straight up defense facing defense. Because and we get to see the exact same exact two teams face off against each other <laughs> uh, this week, which is a little bit of fun. That I guess a short schedule kind of allows. So, well, it would just be perfect and poetic if the score of this game was twelve ten, but flipped the opposite way and the Brahmas came out on top. Uh, and I would not be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I think these two teams are just pretty even. Um, I think that they're both, like you mentioned, very low end offenses, but very high end defenses, and that's what we saw from the score. Um, so, again, on your bingo cards, if you had the under, smash. And do it again this week, because I'm not expecting (laughs) anything different. All right. Now, that was week week five. And that means we are now at the the mid mid part way of the season, the Mm -hmm. mid-season. Five weeks in, five weeks left to go in the regular season. So we're going to do a little bit of a quick quick look at mid-season awards. 
We're not going to crown any midseason award winners. Uh, just kind of saying who our top guys are at uh, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, and Defensive Player of the Year. Just kind of highlighting a few guys that are probably in the discussion for that uh, for that award moving forward, uh, probably towards the end of the season, just yeah. based on what we've seen for now. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to put it. I think these, we would say, are pr- probably like our favorite two or three guys at each of these different awards. Um, so the first award we're going to take a look at here is going to be the MVP uh, conversation. I mean, what a, what a place to start. Obviously, the kind of conception is that, or preconception is that the MVP goes to a quarterback in most football leagues. Um, but I want to mention a guy that's not a quarterback to start off with. I want to mention Jacor Peterson of the uh, Seattle Sea Dragons, who is um, first in catches, not only first in catches, but also first in plays over 20 yards and leads the league in receiving yards. Um, not to mention, he also has uh, a, a touchdown to, to pair with it. Unfortunately, it's only one. But I mean, when you got guys like uh when you got guys like josh josh gordon stealing touchdowns from you and uh and ellison stealing touchdowns from you up there it's you know it is what it is but um i think pearson's having an outstanding season you know i think like we talked about him and kirkland and uh Bidette all need to be kind of mentioned in those top tier wide receivers but pearson's separating himself as as kind of the cream of the crop i think so um he's going to go ahead and be my first mention as uh, an mvp candidate yeah, I think Jack Ward's got something going, something cooking this season. But mm-hmm. I'm going to mention a guy that I already highlighted earlier in this episode, uh, Abram Smith, running back for the defenders. I think the dude is just on fire and will continue to. He was the number one skill position pick in the draft for a reason. Uh, he has the most yards if, in, most yards for scrimmage uh, with 466, lead leaguer, league leader. Uh, and rushing with 432 yards, 5.1 yards per carry, and four rushing touchdowns. Dude is an animal and is the leading rusher on the most run-happy offense. Uh, this dude is just just balling out, and yeah. he's, he's kind of my MVP. One of, the, one of the guys I like to see in the conversation for MVP. You know, and and it stinks that kind of the preconception is that it does go to a quarterback in most football leagues because I think – I think Abram Smith is the biggest difference maker for any team. And I feel like that's what the MVP should be. You know, you kind of look at the NFL, I think like Derek Henry, if you took him off of the Titans, that kind of thing. Um, uh, Abram Smith is just a monster for the defenders, but looking at quarterback, cause that's most likely where it's probably going to end up. Uh, AJ McCarron is probably the leader for, for um, the, the quarterback position right now in the MVP race. Uh, if for nothing else, for just being kind of like a winner, uh, we mentioned he lost those two games to the defenders, but uh, I mean, losing twice to the best team in the league is nothing to turn your nose up at. He leads, he leads the league in passing touchdowns and he's third in passing yardage. Um, and he's also got a pretty high completion percentage at second in the league. So he's, he's doing what he needs to do. And we've seen him lead a bunch of game winning drives. Um, he's just kind of the man when they need, when they need someone to step up. And I think that that's, um, probably a good indicator of, of being an, a solid MVP candidate. So, uh, I would say AJ McCarron's probably the best quarterback candidate right now for, for MVP. Yeah. And I think behind McCarron, I mean, uh, we can't ignore Ben DiNucci and what he's doing up there. Uh, I just think McCarron's got a few more, uh, touchdowns and DiNucci's got a few more interceptions. Um, but who knows, this might be a completely different race in three weeks. 
Yeah, right. And I was going to say, five weeks, the second half of the season can make all the difference. I mean, not to draw comparisons to the NFL, but uh, Jalen Hurts was the MVP through week 12, 13, and then he ended up with that injury, and, and we saw that flip to Patrick Mahomes pretty quickly. So anything can happen, realistically. Absolutely. Uh, and then next award or next kind of category here, Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, two guys to highlight here, uh, Abram Smith and Jacquard Pearson, uh, already mentioned they're two guys killing it at their position. Uh, but I really want to highlight, uh, Jeff Bidette, uh, wide receiver for the Vegas Vipers. We touched on him a little bit earlier as well, but he's currently the league leader in receiving and just offensive touchdowns as a whole that's rushing and receiving touchdowns combined. Uh, but he has five there and just is doing really well. He kind of had a slow, slower-ish start to the season. But, I mean, these past few weeks, he's killing it. And I think he's on a trend to be in this conversation. And that's kind of why we're highlighting him here. Yeah, it's uh, realistically the OPOY kind of comes down to those guys that maybe aren't aren't quarterbacks so aren't in consideration for the MVP. So I think having two receivers and running back here is perfect. And you mentioned, we talked about Pearson already. We talked about Abram Smith, but Bidette is also definitely in the conversation. Um, Maybe a little overshadowed because he's on the the Vipers um, who haven't seen as much success this season, but um, still a very, very good candidate uh, for the OPOY. Um, looking at DPOY, there's a couple guys that come to mind. Um, first off is uh, Michael Joseph, corner for the DC Defenders. Um, the Defenders are just a solid team, top to bottom, and it really wouldn't surprise me if uh, if we saw the Defensive Player of the Year come from this team as well. He's got four interceptions. Two of those interceptions were for touchdowns, six pass defend, uh, six pass breakups, and 21 tackles. I mean, just a jack of all trades. Really, really impacting the DC defense. Um, Another guy who kind of gets a little overlooked because he's probably on uh, not not a great team. Well, he's we, I know he's not on a great team um, is Max Roberts, the edge rusher for the Vegas Vipers, um, who's got five sacks, which is pretty impressive and two forced fumbles on the season and just really kind of generates a lot of QB pressure um, for this defense. And then the final guy is Donald Payne, uh, a corner, another corner for the Arlington Renegades, who surprisingly at the corner position, it's not something you see very often, but leads the league in tackles um, with 38 tackles. And he also has a, a half sack and a fumble recovery to chime in. Um, and, and kind of bolster that stat line. So three guys, um, the, we, we were talking a little bit before the show. There's, it's, a, it's a little more difficult to kind of pick out a, a defensive standout than it is an offensive standout. I mean, we talked about the Brahmas and the Renegades as being good defenses, but they're good team defenses, so it's a little harder to like pinpoint one guy um, specifically out of, out of one of those or the other. So, um, yeah, so those are my three guys. Once again, that's Michael Joseph from the Defenders, Max Roberts from the Vipers, and Donald Payne from the Renegades. All right, Zach. Beautifully put. Thank you. Now let's move on to week six. So week six, we kick off Saturday. And we're done with Thursday night games, Zach. No more Thursday night games this season. It makes me a little bit sad, but I was also really, really contemplating my life when I stayed up to watch uh, <laughs> like half of, of the Thursday night game this week. And I had to go to work the next morning um, for those of you guys who know I teach. So going in, at, we're waking up at 6 a.m. the next morning after staying up till past midnight the night before. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't great. It was a, it was a rough turnaround, but uh, I'm fired up for a Monday night game. It's making me look forward to a Monday for once. So, yeah. So that's at the end of the week. So we're not there yet, dude. 
I'm, I'm jumping the gun. I'm getting fired up. <laughs> so we've got week six kicks off Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern with the Sea Dragons sitting at three and two, facing off the Guardian against the Guardians at 0 and 5. Mm. Uh, this it's going to be an interesting one because I think these are two kind of two teams kind of on. I don't know. I I was gonna say two ends of the spectrum, but I feel like both teams are kind of picking things up. I, so I agree. I, I agree. Uh, both both upstart. Both putting up some points recently. Both doing things we didn't expect out of them. So who, who knows? Who knows? I think and the one the one and the Sea Dragons. The Sea Dragons are leaving Seattle too, which is which is yeah. a factor. Um, they were in Seattle this past week and the week before. So that's back to back weeks at home. Now they got to go on the road, long road trip all the way down to Orlando in the Guardian Dome. <laughs> in the lovely Guardian Dome, but <laughs> I mean, Danucci had a post game conference talking about how the Sea Dragons, those back to back weeks in Seattle, have been taking a toll just on their bodies with those like that internal clock or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now they get to go to the complete opposite coast and face off against the the Guardians. But I was going to say the X factor here, I think, is the Seattle defense is just cooking. Uh, I think they've hit another gear in the past few weeks, and I think I think the Guardians are really going to have to step up if they want to compete in this one. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that they can, but who knows? I Dormady looked fantastic last week. Who's to say he can't this week? Definitely, definitely. Uh, I'll I'll go ahead. I'll let you uh, introduce all the games. I'll just chime in here if all I right. feel I have anything to to add. You got it, dude. Uh, and then next game. Saturday night, Saturday night-ish, I should say, uh, 7 p.m. We've got the St. Louis Battlehawks taking a trip, leaving St. Louis uh, to head on down to Vegas, facing off the Vipers. Seahawks, our Battlehawks are 3-2. and two. Vipers are 1-4. and four. The Vipers hope to capitalize on their first win last week. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Battlehawks are looking for a bounce-back week, uh, which they haven't had. They've had before they get the fantastic win the next week and i think they're in line to do the same thing but vipers may have just also got a win under their belt maybe things are gonna about to reshuffle here yeah luis perez has been balling i don't really want to write the vipers off uh they've kind of caught my attention recently so um yeah but i i at the same time i think the battle hawks will definitely bounce back whether that bounce back results in a win or um, they struggle against the Vipers. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and it's it's weird to say bounce back because it's not like they had a super bad week last week. They just no the defenders just played incredibly well on the ground. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. Like you, you talk about their last three weeks and they're one and two. It's like oh, you know, but like <laughs> they've played good football. They just played yeah. a really really good football team. So I, I guess bounce back maybe means uh, I guess getting the win column. Maybe maybe I'm. I'm subconsciously telling myself what I think here. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. So, and then next game, Sunday. Sunday at 3 p.m., we've got a lone football game on on Football Sunday, uh, kind of placed in the middle at 3 p.m. How do you feel about this? The rematch. It's the The rematch. rematch. (laughs) I'm fired. It's so, so good it needed its own day. It's the... uh, the Brahmas and the Renegades. The Brahmas are going to San Antonio. Oh, for the second week? No. I no, I lied. no yeah, they were in San Antonio. Were... Was going to Arlington. Yes. Sorry about that. Yeah, you got All it. Right. 
Got that right now. Yeah, I, I expect we talked about it earlier. I expect low scoring again. Neither of these teams seem to really have an identity on offense. Their identity on offense is their defense, ironically. So um, I think it's going to stay low scoring. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I, I really don't have a prediction on which way it's going to go because I, I feel like it's all it takes is one extra field goal, one extra conversion of some kind two, three point conversion and that could be the swing point in this game so that's really all i have to to add to it i think that was beautifully put i mean we're seeing the same game that we saw last week just played in a different stadium yep i i hope it's the same game that was some great defensive football uh i i certainly don't mind good defensive football no, no, it's kind of it's kind of refreshing every once in a while. You know, it makes for a really different game than you're used to, but um, it's it's equally as exciting. I think to be the lone football game on a Sunday, though, I might want a little bit more points, but I'll I'll live. I'll live if I see a touchdown or two. Yeah, definitely. And and I think another point is this is a, a Texas showdown here. Yeah. Um, only two hundred and some miles in between the two of them, so not a lot of travel uh, going on here. So. That's not really a factor. I think it it should be a pretty good game. I'm looking forward. I think to they're it. staying because the hub is in Arlington, so I think mm. they're. This is basically a home team, home game, in huge quotations for both teams. Right, right. And then wrapping up the week, Monday night. I, Zach, I'm not going <laughs> to say it's a house divided. <laughs> there are lines in the sand right now, and but it's, we are on it's, either it's, side of that line. It's an XFL weekly house divided. Uh, <laughs> we've got the Roughnecks heading up to DC to face off against the Defenders. Four and one versus five and zero. Oh, top two teams in the North and the South divisions. Oh boy, this is this is just ha- like uh, this beer snake is going to be the largest beer snake <laughs> we've seen in a while. I'll tell you, the crowd at this game is probably going to be awesome. I feel like DC is really going to show out for it. It's unfortunate, though, because they're going to have to show out for a loss. Um, I think both teams are going to be 5-1 and one after this game. Call me crazy, but uh, call me a homer, I guess, is what I'm going for here. So uh, it's going to be a fun game, and I guess that's why earlier I couldn't get – I couldn't wait to talk talk about this game. It's it's the – I think can – we, can we crown it the XFL Weekly Game of the Week? Kind of, yeah, kinda this, is, this is for sure. I mean, I think even if these weren't our favorite two teams, I think this was going to be the game of the week. Definitely. Um, but I think just kind of having a little bit of extra heart in this game for both sides, uh, for sure, is this makes it the XFL Weekly game of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm fired up. Yeah, I just can't wait to see Abram Smith and uh, Teamu <laughs> just run all over this team. Go for 300 plus rushing. <laughs> if you're listening, commenters, please, please just comment how bad uh, the teams that the Roughnecks have played are and that their four wins mean nothing. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> all right. So now that we've got those quick intros to the games, let's talk about our picks. You had another. You ha- actually. <laughs> you had a fantastic week in the pick them. And we'll yeah. get to that later. Absolutely. But the picks dead even again. Yeah. I mean, you went four and four. I went three and five. I'm on a three and five tear right now. I got I got to get out of this. I am one pick at a time catching up to you. It's a slow, brutal way to catch you, but I'm I'm getting there. I'm still I'm still ahead of you. My seven and one week one is kind of really helping out, but it definitely is. 
definitely. It's kind of kind of carrying you, but that's okay. That's all right. We don't we don't judge. All right, week six. Week six picks. Let's do this. All right, Sea Dragons at Guardians. Sea Dragons at the Guardians. The the line is eight and a half in the favor of the uh, Sea Dragons right now. So the Sea Dragons are minus eight and a half, and the over under is at forty two points. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say that the Guardians are going to cover this eight and a half oh, line in the Guardian Dome. In the Guardian Dome, I, I think that uh, they're they're running hot right now. Do I think they're going to win? No, but do I think that they're going to keep the game close? Yes. So uh, I'm going to go with the, uh, the the Guardians plus eight and a half, and I will go ahead and I will say that this game. Um, I'm going to take the under on this game. Uh, I think that it's going to be relatively low scoring. Um, we we saw that the Sea Dragons uh, defense is improving, um, and I, I, I'd like I'd like to think that it's going to be a close ish game. So um, that's what I'm going with. I'm going to go two opposites. <laughs> You're making a ground on me. <laughs> I think Seattle has both the offense and the defense to keep keep this game in reach. Um, or I guess out of reach for the Guardians. Uh, yeah. I think the offense is just going to score, 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 and the defense is going to prevent the Guardians from score, score, scoring. Uh, I'm sure they're. I think what we saw last week from Dormady, it's hopefully we see some points from their side. Uh, I'd really like to see that because I think that team has a lot going for them if they can get things rolling. But yeah, I'm gonna go. Seattle minus eight and a half and over 42. I, I definitely can't knock that. I This game kind of made me rack my brain a little bit as I was trying to make my picks here, but I, I respect either way. And I, I, to be truthful, I don't know what to expect from this game. <laughs> I think we could see a defensive slugfest or we could see a blowout or a shootout. So who, who I think knows? that's the beauty of all of these games. Yeah. Uh, every week, man, it's like, yeah, this could be any anything goes and well absolutely no one expected 65 total points between the vipers and the guardians this week i don't think anyone saw that coming no that was that was a shock but a welcome one yeah absolutely absolutely all right uh looking at the next game here the battle hawks are visiting the vipers uh that is a saturday 7 p.m game um the line here is the uh is minus three in favor of the battle hawks um, and the over/under is at 44 points. I'm going to go ahead and take the Battlehawks minus three. I think that they are a substantially better team than the Vipers, and I think that that's going to show in this game. Even though they're three and two, and the Vipers are sitting at uh, one and four right now, I think that the uh, the Battlehawks are very very good. Um, and the over/under is at 44 points. I'm going to go ahead and take the over on this game. Um, we've seen from Luis Perez a couple of weeks in a row here that, the, that he can ball. He can, he can put up some points. Um, and I, I think that the uh, uh, the Battle Hawks are a pretty safe lock for 20-ish points every single week. So um, we've seen them put up 24, 28, um, 20. So I, I think that I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the, with the over-under at 44. So that's where I'm going. Yeah, I... I'm going to follow on both. Um, I think, like you said, Seattle are not Seattle. I see the STL. <laughs> I think St. Louis is going to win uh, quite demandedly. Uh, minus three. Give me the 
St. Louis minus three. Um, I think they've got enough in them to kind of retake the claim, uh, win by five plus, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've seen both sides know how to score. Uh, both teams, you said the both teams know how to score uh, multiple weeks, 20 plus points. I think the Vipers had 18 two weeks ago. Either way, I both of them can get to that 20 point range uh, and they will. Uh, so give me the over 44. I think Louis, you said it. Luis Perez can score. AJ McCarron can and will. It's going to be points scored and uh, Battlehawk's going to win. Minus three. Beautiful. Uh, next game that we have here is our our lone Sunday game. And uh, <laughs> that's between the Brahmas and the Renegades. The Brahmas are visiting the Renegades. The Renegades are three-point favorites, um, which is kind of interesting. Uh, when you look at uh, last week, uh, when they only won by two points, uh, something to kind of take note of. So uh, the over/under is at thirty-three right now. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Brahmas plus three, uh, and I'm going to take the under thirty-three points in this game. I think that neither of these teams have an offensive identity yet, which we mentioned before, and I think that as a result of that, we are going to see another defensive battle. Um, I don't really see. Kyle, I'm not foreshadowing your pick here. I don't really see why it would make sense to take the Renegades minus three when they only won by two points last week. Uh, I, I get it. I know it's not going to be a direct translation over to the next to the next week, you know. But I guess maybe that home field advantage um, is is kind of coming into play here. Maybe picking up that extra point. Um, but I'm going to take San Antonio plus three. Um, I think they could win that game outright and the under uh, as well. Uh, Zach, little fun tidbit here. Um, Arlington's. Let's see. One. Two. Three wins are by an average of one point seven five points. Week one, they won by two. Uh, week three, they won by one. Uh, That's insane. <laughs> and week five, they won by two. That uh, is insane. <laughs> so they know how to play very close. And yep. because of that, I'm following both of your picks. Um, San Antonio Brahma's minus or plus three, I should say. Uh, I think it's just going to be that close of a game. I'm not going to say who's going to win, but I two teams that can't score offensively and two teams that know how to keep it close uh, and low scoring. So give me the plus three and uh, <laughs> under 33. It's just one of those games. 33, look- man. Yeah, right. And we're taking the under. How about it? Good, cut pretty convincingly, too. It's not even a <laughs> like, man. It's, yeah, it's not even uh, that's a close line. It's like now under. <laughs> <laughs> I think even at 30, I'd be pretty confident like under. Yeah, I think if you get into the 20s and it's just like, ah, yeah. all right, now you're really <laughs> yeah, right. pushing it here. <laughs> all right, uh, the last name, last game, our marquee matchup of the week. week, Monday night, 7 p.m. Roughnecks are heading, shipping up to D.C. to take on the Defenders. The Defenders are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game, so the line is uh, D.C. minus two-and-a-half, and the over-under is at 42 total points right now. Um, same over under as the Sea Dragons and Guardians, ironically. Um, in this game, I am going to go ahead and take, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to take Sick. the Roughnecks plus two and a half. Um, I think, call me crazy, the Roughnecks win this game outright. 
Um, so giving me two points on top of on top of what I believe already, on top of my fanship, give me two and a half <laughs> every single day. Um, let's go Roughnecks. Uh, and then taking a look at the over-under. Oh, shoot. I, I really don't know. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm just going to default. I, I, I Having fun. I don't I don't have any guess. On, no, I'm joking. Um, I'm going to take the over on this. I know that both teams have solid defenses, but both teams also have extremely solid offenses. Um, looking at week four, I mean, the Roughnecks put up 44. The defenders put up 32. Uh, the, the week prior to that, the defenders put up 34, the Roughnecks put up 22, 23, like they, these teams can score. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that the over is going to hit in this game. And I, I actually could see a scenario where we get a little bit of a shootout going on and I would love nothing more on my Monday night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a, a Monday night shootout between the, the marquee game of the week, like, give it to me. Uh, however, Give me DC minus two and a half. You saw it coming. I, I, it had to happen. I get it. It's gonna happen. Uh, I think DC's defense, the the DC defenders' defense. <laughs> that's a, that's a <laughs> tongue twister. Uh, I think they know how to keep these games in reach. Uh, they like to keep them kind of close, but it in a range that they can win. It's just like, all right, cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, until like the final drive or two. Uh, so give me defenders minus two and a half and then give me the over as well. Again, I think both teams are going to score uh, DC on the ground and roughnecks probably through the air. Yeah. And I, I like that. It's going to be, I, this is me partially rooting for a fun shootout, but also I expect it to be. Um, I Kyle, with you mentioning uh, the, the through the air receiving, um, I just real quick for the roughnecks, I want to mention, cause I don't think we touched on it earlier. Um, even with John Trey Kirkland going down and being out for the rest of the season, presumably, um, Travell Harris and Deontay Burnett are both two really high level yeah. wide receivers, um, for the, uh, for the Houston roughnecks as well. And Cedric bird, uh, is also not too far down the list. I mean, each of them, uh, have ish 200 yards on the season, um, which is definitely nothing to turn your nose up at. So the, they're going to be just just fine. Um, and they made a I, I don't know the guy's name off the top of my head, but they did make a signing um, as a as a reactionary move to Kirkland being out for the rest of the season. They brought another wide receiver on board. Mm-hmm. So they did find a replacement for him. So this offense should still kick uh, or should still continue kicking through the air, um, even even without their top top guy outside. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Oh. Yeah, Brandon Silvers knows how to sling that ball. I mean, yes, he 11 does. touchdowns t- tied with A.J. McCarron. League lead, second in receiving or, or passing yards. Absolutely. It's a it's a team that knows how to throw versus a team that knows how to run. And mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to see that, uh, <laughs> especially on Monday night. Let's see it. Absolutely. 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 All right. So that was week six. And you can't ignore week six without the pick them. Zach, I want to hear you. I got to hear. I got to hear your. I got to hear you talk about. (laughs) Hold on. Wait, hold on. Before we go into it, the Pick'em XFL has their own like Pick'em League free to join. And it's not like you have to join week one and you miss out on it. It's just like you you battle each week. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is season long like leaderboard, but you can make up ground any week if you're that good. Uh, We have our own. 
uh, XFL Weekly Pick'em League. Information will be in the description. Uh, I'll touch more on that. Zach just had a, a bogus week this week, and I want to hear <laughs> hear his discussion on it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, it was a pretty crazy week for me, right? I I, I checked, I logged in on uh, I don't know, I guess it was Monday after the games had finished and the week had finalized, and I looked, I thought, oh man, I have a lot of points, and then I looked a little bit further into it, and I was actually I was actually 18th in the whole entire XFL pick'em, like across everyone who's doing it. Period. Thousands. Of um, yeah, thousands and thousands of people. I actually came in 18th this week, and I was uh, I was pretty fired up about it. And that also then catapulted me into first place in our in our little uh, XFL pick and pool here, which which was which made me feel pretty <laughs> good too. Um, so I, I finally passed my man squirrely. Uh, it's life. Life is good right now. <laughs> That's all I'll say. So I hit my parlay. I went seven out of eight in my picks this week. The only one that screwed me up. Uh, let me see here. I have it. Is the uh, Oh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Bidette, he, he killed me. I thought he was going to be, uh, oh, I thought he was going to be under. on. I was going to say, you probably week. had low hopes for him. He showed I did. you. I did, and, and he balled out. So, you know what? Shout out to him, and uh, I'm okay with that loss, even even though I, I still ended up in uh, in first place in this. So I had to gloat a little bit. I don't want to I don't want to be too over. Actually, you know what? I lied. I just checked, and we have – uh, a new guy in the in the league here, uh, Babar, Babar, something I don't know, but he's twenty points ahead of me. So uh, that's the first cool. time I've seen that name. But uh, shout out to that guy. I mean, we we got someone someone that jumped up into first after after just just recently joining. So good stuff. Heck yeah, that's what I love to see. So yeah, as you can see, you can win it even though you've just joined. You've got plenty of ground to cover. You just gotta have some pretty good weeks. Yeah, he had a so I he had a fourteen fifty this week, which which is just baller. Wow. That with that being said, uh join our pick'em league. Information will be in the description. You just kind of make uh over under picks uh that the XFL kind of throws together there on their own. Mm-hmm. For example, well example. For example, <laughs> uh this week's uh one of them is Vegas Vipers wide receiver Jeff Badette. Uh, averages 68 yards per game, while St. Louis Battlehawks wide receiver Hakeem Butler averages 67 yards per game. Will Bidette and Butler combine for over under 135 and a half receiving yards in their game? Oh, see, see, without knowing that question, I was automatically guessing who's going to have more receiving yards. And in that case, I would have told the world, go with Bidette, because I think the Vipers are going to be playing catch up. But you know what? They they threw a curveball in there in the end and did a combined total. So I, I love one, that. I think that's the awesome. one last week was like these two coaches had jersey number 67 and uh, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. 68. And when they played in the NFL, will the winning coach be over or under 67 and a half or have worn over or under? That was a great question. I like that one a lot. But that's fun. It's really cool. We shout out some dudes that beat us out in our uh our own XFL weekly league. Um, Zach's been challenging uncle squirrely for weeks now and finally <laughs> jumped over him in the rankings. Finally backed up all my trash talk. <laughs> <laughs> so join. It's fun. It's cool. It's, it doesn't cost yeah. you anything. And it it's just, uh, it's fun. Why not throw some free footballs into a thing? Yeah. Uh, and, and we'll, we'll call you, we'll shout you out if you uh, do better than us, uh, which you most likely will. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're just two guys pretending like we're we know what we're talking dudes. about here. <laughs> we're just pretending here. Uh, we know a little bit of this stuff. So give ourselves a little bit of credit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll be it for this week. Zach, it was a pleasure chatting with you. And listeners, I apologize that this is longer than it usually is. Uh, we, we just have fun chatting XFL. We do. We get a little, a little carried away. It's good stuff. So either way, thank you for tuning in. Uh, it was a pleasure, Zach. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Always, brother. Always. Uh, and everybody else, thank you. Uh, be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Tell me in the poll that I post what your answer is. I don't know what the poll is yet, but it'll be cool. Uh, <laughs> either way, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys.